Hello, hello, welcome back to the motherfucking show. I know nobody asked me, but if you do not have plans for June 20th, 2023, please join me at Porch Seco with Prime at Saratoga National on the porch at Saratoga National. I just spit all over my microphone saying the porch at Saratoga National, porch prime Prosecco, Porch Seco. A lot of spit going on, but a lot of first sips going on. If you have not yet experienced the beautiful porch area at Prime, it is the place to be in the summertime, and it is the place I will be on June 20th. It's a nice little happy hour event. They're going to be serving up some of the premier Prime specials. I'm just going full-blown tongue twisters to start today's episode. There are limited tickets available. I will link them in the show description here if you want to join it's a little buttonista night out i'm just a supporting actress i'm just a cast member here the sngc prime chop in the servant turf role in the porch prosecco you'll be sipping is the real star of the show however i will be making an appearance and hanging out just a few days shy of real deal summertime so again i will link the tickets here in my little description of the show whether you stream on apple Podcasts or spotify you know how to clink a link clink a link you know how to clink a link that sounds like you're taking a uh number two but you really know how to click a link and you'll know how to clink your glasses wow i'm on a roll and my audio here is going up and down like crazy i feel like i'm screaming is that even possible i'm not screaming i'm a little horse i'm just a little horse one of my favorite jokes is uh Oh, God, I, I hate knock-knock jokes or, like, like cheesy jokes, but I'm going to try to think of it. Um, why did the... Wait, fuck. It's like a little... It's like a teacher, a teacher... Why did the pony, who was also a teacher, apologize to her students? She said, I'm sorry, kids. I'm just a little horse. Because she lost her voice. And if you know me, if you've ever heard me talk, if you've spent any amount of time with me, you know I spent about 90% of my days a little hoarse. And this time of year, I'm basking in the sun on my little Walmart couch here. Got to get that upgrade from old brick. I'm spending 90% of my summer tan and tasty. You know my game. While I hit up a Zoom tan every once in a while... The Pale and Pasty Army loves to come after me after a vacation, after a long weekend like we just had. But don't get me wrong. Don't let me fool you. This tan is 100% manufactured right now. I'm very glad to be home in high 80, low 90 degree temperatures. I don't want to hear that it's too hot. I don't want to hear that you haven't pulled your air conditioning unit out of your attic yet. I don't want to hear any complaints about the heat. I'm wearing black right now. I'm basking. I'm sweating. And I'm going to need a sip of my water out of my Miller Lite glass. By the way, if you didn't know, this show is presented by Miller Lite. I'm getting a Miller Lite tattoo, I think, in the crack of my ass. I feel like that would probably be the best place for me to show my love for Miller Lite. Make it discreet. Keep it underneath the sheets because otherwise I'm singing it from the rooftops. This show is presented by Miller Lite. What of it? The reason why my tan is manufactured is because I just came back from a little weekend in Charlotte, home of baby, one of my favorite rappers. One of the things I said I was going to accomplish during the pandemic, it wasn't a sourdough starter. It wasn't uh, to become a marathon runner. It wasn't to even bake a good banana bread, though I did bake a decent banana bread and just did again last week. 
one of my pandemic things that I wanted to learn wasn't just the savage dance that we all, I think, had to do at some point in time. I wanted to learn the babies dance to bop, a literal bop. But he does this weird, like, like thing with his hand, and he like it's almost like he's on a uh, puppet strings, and he's like pulling himself on the puppet strings. I think the baby is so damn cool. Little baby, not to get confused with the baby, was supposed to be one of the last musical guests on Saturday Night Live before the writer strike struck, and is still striking and has stricken all of the writers without a job. It wasn't until I was like three days in to the writer's strike, maybe three weeks, and then I realized the Drew Barrymore show repeats were, in fact, repeats, and I'm not getting my Saturday Night Live back anytime soon. Anyway, you can tell I'm not prepared for this show. It's my 150th episode. Actually, maybe I am prepared. I'm not making a big deal about it, though. I've only said it 20 times in the past couple of weeks, and I have nothing to announce. This is just a normal freaking episode of the show. I was in Charlotte. Charlotte. I don't know why I'm saying it like that. Charlotte, North Carolina, or perhaps the number one most uh, popular baby name in the country in the last decade or so. Charlotte, North Carolina for MDW, where I feel I took on the karma of the world. Truly. I've never really liked when people go on vacation and it's in the dead of winter and there's a, you know, predictable yet devastating capital region, upstate, northeast snowstorm, and they are so quick, they are so freaking hot to trot, to post like, you know, some snarky, sarcastic remark with palm trees in the background saying, oh, I heard you guys are getting snow, oh, I heard there's a snowstorm, oh, I heard your car is being pummeled, oh, I heard your snowplow man is on his way, fuck off, honestly. I never thought that that type of bragging was cute on social media. We all get FOMO when somebody's away in an exotic place, but really nothing hits more to your deep core than when you are stuck in one of those torrential, horrible snowstorms and your Aunt Kathy is posting from the Bahamas like she just won the grand prize in the showcase showdown on The Price is Right. So I try not to do that, even though, don't get me wrong, I'll, you know, post a fit pic or post a little bit about, you know, any kind of trip that I'm on. But I believe I took on all the karma from all the people that have posted that and haven't yet paid for it because I went away on Memorial Day weekend to what is technically, typically a warmer place and I was greeted, accompanied by, and fully hosted for an immersive experience by 72 plus hours of cold, rainy, low 50 to low 60 degree weather all weekend long all long weekend long Thursday night to Monday morning of pure opposite warmer times and chiller vibes so I feel like I took one for the team I feel like I answered the karma of all the people that have posted you know inopportune jealous FOMO type of pictures on purpose to hurt people's feelings on social media. I took the brunt of it and it's a life lesson that I've said to myself many times. I chatted up in small talk and it's a point of pride I actually carry with me of living here in the upstate New York northeast area is that I always say we shouldn't travel during the summer 
And I love travel, so you'll see where I'm going with this. I love weekend trips. I love staycations. Nothing I love more than a vacation. But from Memorial Day to Labor Day, if all things go according to plan, and listen, Memorial Day is a hit or miss even here on the great upstate, that is our best chance for the best weather. That is our best chance to sit outside in our favorite outdoor patio, entertain guests, grill up a couple hot dogs or a couple dozen, eat them all, share them with others. It's the best time of year to live in upstate New York. If you're not a skier, if you love to get a tan, if you enjoy summertime vibes to the fullest. So I made that mistake of leaving thinking, well, it's up in the air. It could be fine here. It could be okay, or it could be beautiful, but it's surely going to be great in Charlotte because it doesn't snow. It's close to Florida. It's down the East Coast. What could go wrong? Well, what's that? What? Who's, who said that, Jet? Confucius? Whatever can go wrong? Well, it wasn't Confucius. I'm joking. That's Confucian you by me saying that. I, sorry, I need another first sip. This water is going to go down like a Miller Lite right now. Hold on. I'm, I'm skipping the straw for this sip. But after my recent encounter with the Jehovah's Witnesses, this was a trip for my dad's 60th birthday. So my dad was down there. He's the Catholic in the family. My nanny, my grandmother, she's somewhat of a religious woman. I think there was times where she was kind of, uh, I'm not going to say half-assing it because I don't think the Italians would like to hear that. But, you know, she's she's a religious woman, not necessarily a practicing church going every day in and day out type of gal. But don't get me wrong. She loves her God. So... Being down there with my dad, coming off that pamphlet, strange encounter, the theme of our weekend was, you know, this is what God gave us. This weather is what God gave us for the weekend. And even though I wish I heard the next few Bible verses from the five foot ten woman that was supposed to come and read them to me at my front doorstep, I wanted to know why God allows suffering, why God incorporate suffering into our lives as I suffered through the miserable weather. But at the same time, I think anytime you are on a trip of any kind, you can't let it ruin your time. And of course we didn't. Now, as the fashionista of the group, as somebody that likes to prepare her outfits in a way that, you know, are not only for the gram, because when I go on trips, I've talked about, I just talked about my trip to Mexico. Yes, I'll post a fit pic now and then, but I do struggle with first world problem of like Instagram anxiety. I never want people, even though I really never generally think about what people think, I think about that snowstorm reference and I never want to be overdoing it on a trip where people are like, okay, Taylor, we get it. You're in the South of France and that's just manifesting, for example. I never want to overdo it. I want to live in the moment. But when it comes to packing, I want to use the opportunity to put some great things in my suitcase, feel good about walking around a new city. I think cities are a great time and place to get inspiration, to maybe pick up a nipple, a, a, nipple, a nipple. By the way, one thing I don't pack this time of year is a bra. Memorial Day to Labor Day, best weather. Memorial Day to Labor Day, it's a no bra summer. I, I don't even think I packed a bra in my bag and I definitely didn't wear one. Probably needed one though because it was a bit chilly. But pick up a couple things for your closet wear your outfits, go out for the nice dinner. Nobody knows you. People aren't judging you if you're overdressed or over the top. But what ends up happening is that we all end up wearing the same sweatshirt and the same few outfits. But the intentions are always there to pack a good suitcase. So 
you know, part of my reluctance into the weather forecast was that I didn't want to have to compromise some of the great outfits that I had. And I like to feel good when I'm out in a city. I don't want to look like a scrub. So you could really take that that kind of point either way of like nobody knows you. So, you know, dress like a bum, wear your flip-flops, do whatever you want. Or nobody knows you. Be your true self. Wear the outfit. Curl your hair. Do whatever you got to do to feel good because at the end of the day, I do think vacations are about memories, recharging, resetting. And this time of year is the best time of year to pack a good suitcase because lighter items, less sweatshirts, less coats, always a few pairs of shoes, but like it's summer. So go ahead and wear your fits. So safe to say that did not happen. However, we focused on the positives. I had a really good family trip, got to spend time with my dad and his new wife and really enjoyed their company. I appreciate that my partner, who always comes with me on these trips, A, is even willing to do so. I think um, I think as you get older, if you have a good relationship with your family, I think these are some of the most precious and cherished times because, you know, your parents are done raising you and you get to transition into that kind of more free-spirited, whether you're drinking, adventuring, going out to eat. Like, it's just a different way of enjoying that uh, parent, daughter, son type of relationship that I think is really cool just being able to travel and have new experiences as a group but at the same time I think if it's not your immediate family uh, it's kind of hard to just dive into that head first especially no offense to the great city of Charlotte but you know it's not like we were going to an exotic destination we were just doing a weekend trip in what I would call a middle market city so everybody was a good sport it was a great time and I do just want to highlight a couple points about Charlotte because it granted you know I'm, I'm shitting on the weather right now, which is something that we cannot control. You know, that is only uh, up to God. I have always wanted to really get down into Charlotte. Get down on it. Get down on it. My mom's uh, airport hub, she works for Americans. So we've flown to Charlotte a million times. We have done like overnights just to like get in and out on a flight easier. Or maybe we've gotten stuck there. But I've never really spent boots on the ground Charlotte before so I was looking forward to it a couple high-level notes um well first of all before I even get there a you know it is a very attractive city for young people which is something I've been hearing for years I think the standard weather is part of it I think cost of living generally speaking uh to be that close to a big city and live in the suburb is probably somewhat affordable I know that Hillary and David from Love It or List It on HGTV I know they spend a lot of time in the Charlotte area because they never actually tell you where they are in Love It or List It but a lot of the couples will say that they want to be close to the city and they'll do like a quick flash and you can pretty much make out Charlotte if you've ever been there or uh, you know seen it over a plane or something so it's definitely an attractive city for that and then I have a friend that I grew up with who's lived there for a few years and has a, a foodie account that honestly drops my panties it blows my bikini off to see some of the food scene that she has immersed herself in as a Charlotte resident for the past four or five years so of course I reached out to her for the wrecks going into it because if you don't And this goes for going somewhere like Barcelona or even when I've been to L.A., anywhere stateside. If you care about the food that you're going to eat and you want the culinary, dining, drinking experience to be, or mocktail, be part of your trip, 
recommendations are key. Whether you know somebody that lives there, don't ever be afraid to reach out. I've connected with old friends from college that I just still follow on Instagram, like when I went to Atlanta last year. I think it just puts it in perspective more and it helps you kind of prioritize where you want to go and what you want to do if you're someone like me who, especially in a rainy weekend when there's not much else you could do, you have to kind of plan your trips around memorable mealtime sort of thing. So always reach out to a friend. Second best, I would say, is like uh, I always look at like Eater Magazine or any kind of local magazine, online lists, blogs, all that stuff. But you want to make sure that it's updated because I've gotten into that trouble sometimes where, you know, you're looking at a restaurant list best of or whatever from like 2018 and things have shut down since then um it might not be 100% accurate and then of course there's new stuff opening all the time but another thing I started doing in addition to looking online googling it the lists obviously I always look at reviews is I kind of forgot sometimes it slips in my mind to actually look up the restaurants on Instagram there was a lot of places in Charlotte that were like on the hot list but then hadn't posted like at all on Instagram since like 2021 or 2022. So that kind of raised a red flag for me. Um, Again, I'm sure they're fine, but if you really care, do that trifecta, reach out to somebody you know, look it up online, look at some, you know, blogs, some best ofs, and then check them out on Instagram for just a quick vibe check and see if they're posting, if they're sharing other people sharing it on social media and stuff. I think it goes a long way. And Uh, The other point that I wanted to make about that is that, you know, even when you're in a city, and I think you know this if you've been in Midtown Manhattan or anywhere like that, just going off the street that you're standing on and being like, oh, that looks cute. It's right on the main strip. Usually that's a red flag. We went through this in Mexico a few months ago. I said I wished I did more looking into it of the trip of the restaurants because we got caught up in a couple tourist traps. Especially when somebody in your group is hangry, it doesn't end well. You end up eating mediocre food and I also don't mean that expensive means quality here. Like, I don't pick the most expensive restaurants. I just do my research and see what is beloved, what's in that middle price range, what has great atmosphere. You don't have to go all five-star. We're not going Carbone all day, baby. We're just trying to look for a good eclectic mix, a good variety of options if you're traveling with a bigger crew. And, of course, for this trip, I was in a situation where I was with six people total, so... That, uh, you know, forethought, is that a word, forethought? I think that means before thought. Any planning you could put in it in advance is probably going to go a long way in terms of making sure you're getting where you want to go um, and just hitting up all the culinary spots. So that's a huge plus for Charlotte. Everywhere that we ate and did research was honestly 10 out of 10. We had all different kinds of food, cuisines. We ended at a really great authentic Indian restaurant. We had some modern sort of Asian fusion Uh, small plates we had um, like a little kind of fried chicken kind of chain ish joint downtown so food scene 100 in terms of the liveliness it gives me kind of a middle market city as I said which not a lot of people I think that's not a not a Taylor Miriam Rayo original term but I mean like not Boston, Miami, LA, or, you know, New York. I mean, like, Providence, Rhode Island. Albany might be pushing it. Charlotte, Buffalo. Places that have it, but they don't have it, baby. They don't have the it factor that's going to get you to the finals on American Idol. But they'll make it the first few rounds. There's nothing wrong with the middle market city. It's the reason why we started Two Buns Deep here instead of in a metropolitan area. There's more for the taking, more authentic people that you can access and a lot of integrity. Again, not that those things don't exist in bigger places, just that small, small fish 
middle-sized pond is a good thing. The downside, I think, which is just a sad realization of where a lot of our cities, middle, major, whatever market are today, is that it gives us a very financial district feel in the middle of it. You know, you have like kind of skyscrapers you have big buildings you have a ton of freaking banks a ton of chain steakhouses but in terms of people actually walking around and enjoying the city maybe not so much granted it was mdw it was raining so maybe people have exited for the weekend or staying inside for the weekend but even on friday when it was still a technical work day we were out early i just don't feel any sort of hustle and bustle i just feel like it is more financial people that probably don't have to go into these big high rises anymore for work and otherwise are probably living in the suburbs and not necessarily coming into the city there was a cool the south end area they call it had like a free people it had some shops some of the restaurants that i spoke of so there's definitely pockets which in a quick weekend you're not going to be able to visit all of the cultural you know kind of trendy up and coming pockets of a city but there just wasn't that energy. Like when I go to a city, I like to see people moving and grooving. I like crowded restaurants. I like to just get a feel for like, what would it be like if I lived there? And I bat a a, a wonderful average on going to a new city and saying I could live here. I could live in Charlotte. I don't want to live in Charlotte, but it was very good to kind of satisfy my curiosity for the city since I've been in and around it so often. Um, And I think similar to the capital region, it has other things going for it in the sense that, you know, Charleston, South Carolina is only a few hours drive. You have the Outer Banks of North Carolina. Raleigh ain't so bad. Greensboro ain't so bad. And as a whole, I think people do enjoy living in North Carolina. There was cool food markets, like industrial buildings that were converted. So they definitely have the hip factor. I just don't know that they have the major it factor that I'm telling you right now to go book a trip with your girlfriends for the weekend. Maybe not so much, but if you're in town or have somebody that you know that lives there or maybe do want to explore a new place to potentially live, I think there's a lot going for it there. I was really disappointed, most of all, that one of our key activities while we were down there was to go to a NASCAR race. I jump at the opportunity for any honestly, any type of sports experience. I do like sports. And NASCAR, I didn't even know they had a Charlotte Speedway. That's because I'm not a huge NASCAR fan. But I embraced the opportunity to go. I thought it would be a great peak of the weekend, you know, a great high point, something we can all enjoy, considering I did probably gain five, maybe 10 pounds otherwise of eating and drinking in this food scene. And the forecast was just so beyond bad. Like, I couldn't even post while I was there, A, there wasn't really much to take pictures of, and B, I just had to stay away from social media because I was getting my own FOMO, and I'm like, I don't want to bum people out with the weather that I'm experiencing, nor do I want to get bummed looking at everybody with a boat in a pool, full well knowing I would not have had my ass on a boat or a pool if I was home anyway because I don't have one, and even though I've heard the famous phrase a bazillion times, you don't need a pool or a boat, you need a friend with a pool or boat, I still haven't done that, so I'm going to have to continue being a self-made woman and get that goddamn pool or boat myself if I have to. Luckily, I do have an in with Concord Pools, and luckily, I just saw a really good inflatable pool on Amazon that will reach peak trashiness in my own backyard coming summer 2023 with perhaps a two-day 
prime shipping and a 30-minute assembly from myself. Really wanted to go to NASCAR. I just thought, what a great experience. If I was going to get any content out of the weekend, which again, not my goal, but a bonus, it'd be great to experience it, see something that I probably never would do again and just have the opportunity to now. And of course, in bodies of fashion, wear some over-the-top outfit that would be totally appropriate in the NASCAR setting. I did not get to wear that outfit. Instead, I wore, in an attempt to go, it got canceled, spoiler alert, so we did not get to watch the Coca-Cola 600, which is the longest NASCAR race of all the races that they do. I wore $20 pull-on uh, rain, I was going to say duck boots, rain boots from Walmart. I bought this little pack of, if called frog togs. It was like uh, you'd wear it like over your camping gear, like if I'm one of those like fishermen in the ocean spray cranberry juice commercials. Uh... I looked like shit. The only thing that made it better was I was probably sparkling, just glimmering the Miller Lite like sweat from the can onto my face because I did sip Miller's all day long that day just to kind of overcome it. But the outfit that I wore compared to the outfit that I had, I mean, it just couldn't have been more of a a vast comparison, a, a true tragic tale. I had a full denim jumpsuit. There, There's this trend right now where like jumpsuits, which I don't know if I have to explain this for yet another summer, but jumpsuit equals pants, romper equals shorts. Repeat it now. Jumpsuit equals pants, romper equals shorts. I don't want to be at the horseshoe with you this summer seeing your little skinny legs that are skinnier than mine under the bathroom stall saying that you need help zippering your jumpsuit. You don't. You need help zippering your romper because I can see your skinny Kendall Jenner-esque legs from under the porta potty or whatever it is, okay? Jumper, jumpsuit equals pants, romper, shorts. I hate when people have a baller jumpsuit on and they call it a romper. A romper reminds me of a baby. I'm not really into rompers. You know I'm not a huge advocate for shorts, though I don't shame shorts fully. Not a huge fan of shorts. There's this new trend with jumpsuits, however, where they look like a pair of pants, especially when you order one for a 4'11 foot girl. My boyfriend just thought they were pants, but the top, so it was a tube top, but the top looks like pants with a belt. So it has a zipper, it has a button in the middle, and then it has like belt buckles around the top. I have a few of these already. I don't know why. It's something that I'm pretty hot to trot on. That's the second time I've said hot to trot on this podcast. And honestly, I think I could say it at least three more. Five times per podcast is an appropriate amount to say hot to trot because that is a great phrase. It had full slits up the side with rhinestones like kind of weaving through it like it was like threaded with rhinestones all the way down not something that I would wear on a normal day but for a big event to make a NASCAR splash I was totally ready I had my my gas station sunglasses ready to go and that was the outfit I chose knowing it was going to be a little chilly not knowing it was going to be absolutely downpouring but we gave it our best effort considering that's the weather that God gave us we were adamant to at least try to see some of the NASCAR experience. But I will say getting there and like kind of poking our head in on the track made it even more depressing because I could just have envisioned how cool it is. But as you can imagine, it's already incredibly dangerous to watch NASCAR, to do NASCAR, to be a spectator, to be an athlete in the race. And the, the course itself, the track needs to be completely dry for two hours. So 
there was just no way that that was happening. And the outfit I had on instead was laughable, but it did not translate, unfortunately, into any kind of social media content. But when you're in those moments, like I just said, there's something precious and gentle and genuine about just walking through soaking wet in the most hideous outfit with a plastic bag of Miller lights in my hand because we didn't have a cooler thinking you know in 10 years we're at my dad's 70th birthday we're gonna remember this trip and laugh and talk about that experience about the NASCAR race that never was so you always have to keep your head high and stay positive the weather of course is not the end of the world is it a huge bummer Yes, but you move on. You make the most of it. And I do feel like Charlotte still showed us a good time. One last weird tidbit about Charlotte. The first morning that we were there walking around, like I said, it was kind of desolate. It was empty. There weren't a lot of people. We did see, and I'll post it in my recap of this episode when I do that on Instagram. It was a little robot. It looked like a... uh, It looked like almost if you had a cooler, like it looked like a cooler with the handle and it was on four wheels and it was zipping around the city of Charlotte, totally unaccompanied by anybody, no human, no uh, remote control, nothing. And it was zipping around. It was obviously some sort of marketing tactic. And not only was it just advertising, the top of the little cooler opened and it had little snacks it had these like chocolate protein bars that were yours for the taking and it was just zipping up and down the sidewalks apparently not getting in anybody's way while it did look a little tipsy to me it looked like it might have had a few mimosas at morning brunch it was like operating flawless to the point where I had kind of taken my eye off of it I was like okay I'm over this I got a quick pick just marveled in the technology for a second and then watched this robot cross the damn street Literally, walk signal, no cars in sight, right in the middle of the crosswalk, cross the street. And I think, in addition to a Simone's Kitchen, which I am officially campaigning for mayor to bring a Simone's Kitchen from Schenectady and Coxsackie to Saratoga Springs, I think these little robots would be a hit in Saratoga. If I could get one, I'd be willing to fill it up with two buttons deep, botanista, first sip club koozies, and dispense those koozies all throughout town. What a great PR buzz and blitz. Like, it was genius. I'm talking about it now. I'm sharing it with you. Maybe you guys have seen it in other cities. But the precision that it operated, you know, does make me feel like I could be out of a podcasting career someday. I saw a meme the other day that said, uh, AI is going to take your job. Go ahead, take it. Go ahead, take it. But, you know, I don't live in a world where I can't work. But I I can see how that meme would apply to some people. So that's the CLT recap. Did not have a BLT and CLT. Did not learn to baby dance. Did not see the baby. Did get super wet. Did eat a shit ton of food. Did have an A-plus time. I am sweating my little balls off right now. Sweating my balls off. That was one of my favorite episode titles just two years ago when I was just a novice. And still remain quite a novice in the game of podcasting. This is one little bonus Charlotte thing. We'll wrap it up, though, in a few random things. A few random things is brought to you by Hoffman Car Wash. When I got back from Charlotte, Senior Buttonista, my mom, borrowed my truck for the weekend. We got big news about Senior Buttonista, but it's going to come a little bit later when we're ready to really kick it off, ready to get the F up on it. My mom borrowed my truck. I have an SUV. She needed to pack some things, do some plants, flowers, whatever she was doing. 
And, of course, she offered to pick us up from the airport, which was very kind of her. What I did not know she was going to do was she picked me up from the airport with a brand spanking, clean, so fresh, so clean car, courtesy of Hoffman Car Wash. She went and took advantage of my unlimited membership. She became an unlimited girl in an unlimited world while riding in my QX60. Not only did she clean the outside of my car, twice she told me because she had a little issue, she got the inside cleaned. There are a number of different unlimited memberships, whether you just cruise on by your first um, month is only $19.99 to start and you just want to get the exterior wash. I have the exterior and interior clean option and she done did it. She did it all for me. I felt like I was getting picked up by an Uber Black. My car was so pristine, so clean. She had the trunk open. Everything was vacuumed. Everything was wiped down. I didn't ask her what air freshener she picked, but just based on the temperature and the forecast, I'm hoping that she picked Summer Breeze because that is my favorite. But I was so thankful for the ride, for the quality service, and for really getting the most out of my unlimited membership at all times, whether I'm behind the wheel or my mom is. I think I might have turned her on to the whole thing, so maybe she's going to upgrade her membership this summer. So if you haven't become an unlimited girl or an unlimited boss with an unlimited wash yet, go to HoffmanCarWash.com. The link is always in my bio to sign up. Try it out. The summer is one of the best times to get your car clean because presentation matters. You don't want to be rolling up to a meeting, maybe a valet parking situation. Maybe you're on a date, going to your friend's house. I don't care where you're going. You want people to see that you care for your car, you care for yourself and your appearance. And I really do believe that your vehicle plays into that. So don't waste any time. Go to HoffmanCarWash.com and sign up for your unlimited membership today. All right. Last but not least, no, on Charlotte, but also on a few random things. I said this when I went to Mexico, so I don't want to repeat myself too much, but I I don't want to say this so, so cold, but I might be saying death to Airbnb. Death to generic Airbnbs. I love Airbnb. I love being an Airbnb traveler. I think it has opened up a lot of opportunities for a different type of travel. But what I've noticed in my past few trips, and this one just kind of put the nail in the coffin, is that Airbnb has now become this corporate, not a get-rich-quick scheme, but like an investment opportunity for anybody that wants to take their chances with it. And I think what it's doing is it's taking sort of that charm and wonder out of staying at a total stranger's house, as funny as that may sound. But I feel like I've gotten duped on the past few that I've booked in the sense that the pictures look great. They're zoomed in. They're high quality. You read all the amenities and you think, all right, this is good. The price isn't it's not too good to be true. It's not like that, but it's fair, reasonable. And you get there and you realize that this is really just a rental. There's no heart and soul of the place. There's no artwork. There's no charm. There's no hominess and coziness that I think originally and in my best experiences is integral to the Airbnb experience is feeling like you just open the keys and the door to your own home. But instead, they are just investments for people. They are bare bonesing it, just putting in the basic things, no extra towels, no extra blankets, buying the most uncomfortable Wayfair furniture, not really incorporating enough seats, you know, no creamers, no Brita filter. Like it is 
barren in there. It is barren Trump in there. And I don't like it. Because I still feel like you're paying a good amount. It makes me and has made me start to think, okay, if I just spent this same amount of money at a hotel, would I be having uh, an upgraded amenity experience in terms of, you know, concierge, extra towels, forgot my toothpaste, you know, pool, nearby restaurant. I don't know. I'm not saying I'm staying at the Ritz instead of staying in Airbnb. I'm not even saying I want to stay at the Holiday Inn instead of an Airbnb. But if I stay at a, a middle market, we'll keep it on middle markets, you know, a middle of the road boutique hotel or Marriott offshoot or whatever, would I be just getting more for my money if I just went that route? Because these Airbnbs are just not giving me any kind of feeling. I used to walk into an Airbnb and be like, oh my God, I can't wait to take pictures of this. Or do like a little video tour. Not even for content, just for the memories. But like somewhere you get back and you feel cozy. And again, I think this is the best way to say it. You feel like you're in your own home. They have coffee for you. They have instructions. They have a little pamphlet about what to do in the area, where to go. And I can also say this because... I've said this before on this show, but I have Airbnb in my house for all the summers that I've lived here so far in Saratoga and really pride myself on doing just that, going out of my way to make people feel super comfortable and also at their, you know, at, that they're at this kind of chic, unique, you know, well-curated, thoughtful property with everything that they could need or somebody on the other end of the phone to enhance their experience or answer any questions that they need from a local's perspective. You used to, you know, you used to be greeted by your Airbnb person, which I don't need. I don't need all that. But knowing that someone's close and they can help you, I think does enhance the experience. So I will say I was a little bit disappointed with that and maybe just kind of learned my lesson that you know, next time I'm thinking, oh, it's obvious we'll just book an Airbnb. I'm either going to have to upgrade and spend more on the Airbnb to get that because I'm not saying that there's no, no Airbnbs like the ones I'm describing anymore. It's just that the market that your search results are crowded with this other type of Airbnb renter. So you might have to pay a little bit more. You might have to do a little extra digging. I've seen an Airbnb pluses before that actually are given a nod to their artistic qualities and, and, you know, that kind of thing. They're super hosts, of course, but that just really means like it's responsive. It's well-reviewed, whatever. Um, so that's just a little tip on that. On the flip side, though, just to close out this, and I promise I'm done talking about it, is I think value-wise, when you're staying with a couple or you're staying with, you know, more than two people, I think that's where the value comes in and where you say, okay, I'm willing to not suffer. We're not suffering. We're not Jehovah Witnessing it. I'm willing to compromise on maybe some of those things that I'm talking about because it's better value for, for four people. I think that's the downside of when you get a hotel is that it's like, okay, back to your room. Okay, back to my room. And you kind of just separate and that's that. Um, so you don't really get that downtime. I think that's the biggest, has always been the biggest positive for an Airbnb with me is that you can just chill. You don't feel like you have to rush out at 11. You don't have a housekeeper knocking on your door. You have alternate living spaces, whether you have a living room, you have an outdoor space, you have things to your own that make you really not have to rush through your time away. And that's always why I've leaned on Airbnb. But in the future, I think I know what to do. And if you have any summer travel plans, if you're breaking my rule of not leaving the great upstate, those are some things that might be able to help you out a little bit as well. Um, number two. This is random. That's why we call this a few random things. Another observation, and I'm, I'm not trying to sound like a negative Nancy today. It's just this is what happened. 
Uh, I feel like I'm on a big carbonation kick lately. I think it's just the the length of the days, warmer times coming. And I feel like in the mid-afternoon, I mean, I'm drinking a lot. I mean, just a lot of fluids. Coffee, obviously. Water, obviously. Seltzer water is kind of my new third. Like, I have to have all of these kind of rotating throughout my day at all times. And the carbonation just after that afternoon coffee is a nice little hit. And I'm getting, uh, I'm getting duped by these like unique and sexy seltzer flavors. I love uh, La Croix. La Croix. If you watch Succession finale, which I had to do before I started this show because I was just living in fear and FOMO of uh, spoilers, which I had already seen. So my experience was kind of ruined. So I had to take a weird midday break to watch Succession. It was fabulous, by the way. Probably best show, one of the best shows of all time. Unreal. No spoilers, but holy fucking shit. Um. I love LaCroix. And by the way, the succession callback is that there's a, a good LaCroix scene, as you know. Uh, but these, these are, they say they're not artificial flavors, right? Natural essence, naturally flavored. But we got to stick with like the core four when it comes to seltzers. Like I'm going plain polar brand. Let's not get fancy with it. You know, lemon, pomegranate, even orange vanilla I'll take. That's about as, as crazy as I'll go. But I bought LaCroix. Uh, limoncello and it, it just tastes fake like it tastes like I'm licking the outside of a lollipop or something but I'm drinking seltzer we bought a blueberry or a, some blue blue not blue raspberry some kind of blueberry one when we were in Charlotte thumbs down they feel manufactured they feel fake even though they are naturally flavored I think the, just the fancier you get even when polar did it with like the mango limeade or the strawberry this just tread lightly. Tread lightly when it comes to your seltzer flavors. I really think just sticking it with the basics is probably the best. I do like coconut liqueur. I kind of like, I like the coconut liqueur, but other coconut things taste like sunscreen. So just beware and maybe keep it simple. I love to try new things, but that's just something that I'm experiencing that I really, really wanted to pass along to the viewers here. None are more important though on this list than the third thing. Um, I want a whistle. Yeah, I want a whistle. I just want, I want a whistle. I was somewhere recently, I believe it was in Charlotte. Maybe I was watching a game of some kind and I just heard a whistle go off and I thought, wow, how powerful is that, Jet? How powerful is a, a, a whistle? I can't whistle with my hands, my fingers, I mean. I can't really whistle like to any degree of uh, conviction. But if I, imagine if I was just out at the bar, if I was walking down on Broadway, or maybe in my car, that could be dangerous. But when I see something I don't like, I just want to blow my whistle. I just want to totally mess with people, totally F with people. I've always said I want to get into pranks. I'm not really at prank level, but I do feel like I'm at whistle level. What if I like something? We don't even have to use this as a down thing. What if I like something and I want to whistle at it, you know? Like there's no better compliment when the girl at the cash register or, you know, Walking by you in the mall says, I love your outfit or you're so pretty. Uh, this never happened to me, but I can imagine it would feel nice. What if they whistled at you? What if they just did a woo-woo? Like, that would be coming from another woman, woman to woman. I think that would be not intimidating. I think it would be very uplifting. I want a whistle. And then, last but not least, on a few random things, it was a big Taylor Swift weekend. Taylor Swift was in uh, MetLife Stadium for three nights with Phoebe Bridgers. Loved the Taylor content. 
I feel really good that we're kind of closing this chapter. You know, we talked about this on the show many moons ago when there was all of the Ticketmaster drama. People were crying. People were, um, you know, basically just beside themselves over the prospect of not getting the pre-sale Taylor Swift tickets. And it seems like that issue has really righted itself out. I don't know if people are just, you know had it so set in their mind that they're going that they are breaking the bank and spending a preposterous amount of money or if the third party sellers did their best to sort of regulate it and allow people to purchase tickets at an affordable price but um I think this would be a good time to tell you that I'm also going to Taylor Swift I don't know why I've been really weird about this I haven't said it on this show yet I've only told a few select people but this is perhaps something in my lifetime that I just don't feel I can miss out on. I've been told by people very close to me, in in more or less words, sometimes more, sometimes less, that they don't maybe feel in their deepest of hearts that I am worthy, that I am a big enough fan to go to Taylor Swift. To that, I would say... If you want to fill out a freedom of information law request, I will provide to you my Spotify wrapped for the past uh, five or six years, however ever long they've been doing it. Uh, I am a big Taylor Swift fan. I don't feel like I need to justify that. Uh, however, I might look like the biggest one in the world because the Taylor Swift concert I am seeing is across the country in Los Angeles in August. I had a little bit of a connect to get the presale. I love California. I love going there in the quote-unquote off-season when it's 90 degrees because I love 90 degrees. Not the band, not 98 degrees, but I do love that temperature. Don't love the band, but I love 90-degree weather. And Haim is also performing with them there, and I love Haim. So it was sort of a perfect storm uh, that that I kind of manifested and allowed myself to do this. I bought the tickets in November when everybody else did, and the reality is kind of just starting to set. Uh, A, that I'm actually going and that I will experience the euphoria that everyone else is because I really have on every single post that I've read from every single person that I've seen are saying that this is absolutely unbelievable. It's it's worth it. It's an experience. It's a major core memory. Like I, I'm really, really feeling like I, I just have to see it. It's my last year in my 20s. Not that it's not cool to like Taylor Swift when you're older or maybe it's not cool now. But I think we can all agree it's freaking cool to like Taylor Swift. So there's that. You know, the reality is also starting to set in that I'm going across the country for this. And that not only did I buy the tickets, which I did not buy the most expensive ones. I think that's one thing that's made me feel better is that, you know, people are that I'm seeing are sitting all over the place like it's not like everybody that I know is in front row like we're all just looking to get in the stadium and be part of it rather than have the best view of her like I'm not not invested not interested in getting like the best seat in the house for you know whatever like I'm I'm just not but you know this is an expensive endeavor to see Taylor Swift as not the most hardcore biggest fan in the world so the resale value you know there's there's inklings of maybe I need to put this baby on 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 StubHub and see what I can get. Can I pay my mortgage for a couple months and live without the experience? 
can I do something else with the potential investment that I've made? Because at the end of the day, it was kind of a business decision. I'm like, I spend a little bit of money, get them for face value now. I could flip them. Granted, I'm never, I'm not going to even be able to, nor would I charge somebody, you know, $15,000 for the tickets. But if I can make more than what I paid, there's a little, a little intrigue on that front as well. I'm not going to lie, just based on how high the demand is and all of that. But it's the only time I am going to be leaving the great upstate this summer. So help me God. I will see you guys next Tuesday. I promise this is Wednesday episode. Wednesday is the new Tuesday for this week, but I will be back on the Giddy the F Up Pony next week on time. New episodes out every Tuesday at 7 a.m. I will see you guys then. Thank you as always.